Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au If you have your Bibles, I'm going to turn to a very uh, obscure scripture today. It's John 3.16. So please turn there. And there it is on your screen. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God so, everybody say the word loved. The world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And so Father, we come before You today in the name of Jesus. I just thank you for your spirit that is present. And we've gathered above all else to hear a word from you. Father, I just pray that by your spirit, you would move amongst us, bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive us, Lord God, of our sins. We just want to honor you, Lord God, today. Be glorified. Speak by your Holy Spirit, I pray. Let your gifts be in operation even as I share, Lord God, I pray. Let your name be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Uh, I want to speak today on this Easter Sunday on the subject, Endless Pursuit. So often when we think about our relationship with God, we think of it in terms of us seeking God, us praying, reading our Bible, seek, seeking to draw nearer to God. It's, it's about us uh, uh, doing everything we can to get closer to God. And certainly the Bible encourages us to do just that. But more than us seeking after God, the Bible reminds us that God is foremost in pursuit of us. That our reaching back is just a response First and foremost, to his pursuit of us. Bible says we love him because he first loved us. It's because he loved us first that when then we respond and love him back. All throughout the Bible, God reveals himself as a seeker, as one who pursues, that God is on a quest. He's on a mission that the God of the universe, the creator, the omniscient one, the self-sufficient one, the God who has everything needs nothing is seeking, pursuing for something. And that something, that that something is you and me. The Bible says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost, that that the, the Son of Man, that Jesus came with a mission, with a vision, and that was simply to seek and to save those who are lost. Right from the Garden of Eden, after Adam and Eve had sinned, And were hiding, God was seeking after them, saying, Adam, where are you? Job knew that God was pursuing him and wanted communion with him. So in the midst of the worst trial of his life, the greatest hardship, uh, abandoned by all, he was at the bottom of the pit. He was at the worst. Job's last resort was to remind God that if he died, he would no longer be able to have communion with him. This is what he says. Listen, why then... Do you not pardon my transgression and take away my iniquity? For now I will lie down in the dust and you will seek me diligently, but I'm no longer going to be there. Ezekiel 34 says, For this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. He's the one reaching out to us. He's the one on a quest, seeking the human heart. He's the God who eagerly pursues a relationship with you and with me. 
Now, I don't know what you, why you're here today or who you are here today. I don't know what the concept of God is that you have because people have all these preconceived ideas about who God is and what kind of picture people have of God. But this morning, I want you to know that God thinks the world of you. That you're the apple of His eye, the Bible tells us. That He's concerned about us. That even if a mother would abandon us, even if the, a, a, a crazy thing like a mom who has a baby, even if she would abandon that child, God says, I will never do that to you. And that is the mission and desire more than anything else is to be in relationship with you and me. That He is pursuing, seeking, looking for wanting more than anything else, a relationship with you and me. All throughout the Bible, there are pictures that describe God in pursuit of us. Let me just give you a couple of these pictures just to kind of help us see. I I was kind of trying to find some new material, but... Um, I kind of went back to an old story because I just love the story. I couldn't, I wasn't, I, I, I just love the story. It's about the lost sheep and the lost coin and the lost son. You know the story, but, but it's, a, it's a familiar story, but it reminds us that Jesus is ultimately in pursuit of you and me. Jesus was spending some time with sinners, those who were far from God. The religious elite started to criticize him. So he tells them a story to describe the heart of God. Hey, hey, listen, this, this is what I want you, I want you to understand what God is like. I want you to understand what God is like. People have all these crazy ideas about God. This week I was getting uh, tires changed on my car and uh, the guy's chit-chatting and he's going, you know, so uh, you're going away this weekend and uh, what are you doing this weekend? I said, uh, no, I'm a minister. Oh, he goes, oh, that's a big weekend for you then. You know, you'll be, you'll be at church. And, you know, we just chatted a little bit and I said, uh, you know, why don't you go to church this weekend? Why, you know, it's Easter. Why don't, why don't you go to church this weekend? And he made me understand. I mean, he kind of said, that's the last thing I will be doing on this weekend. And he's saying, oh, I'm going to go to the pool. My friend's got to pool. It's going to be hot. It's going to be sun, blah, 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 blah. I tell you, it, it, it gri- I walked away. I was grieved. Because people have all these preconceived ideas. I don't care what preconceived ideas people have of the church. But what I do care about is what all the preconceived ideas that people have about God. And, and here were these Pharisees that were criticizing Jesus for spending time with some people who were he cons- or they considered the outcasts. And Jesus tells them a story. To describe, listen, this is what I want you to know. This is what I want you to know that God is really like. You know, sometimes I feel like saying to people that, you know, kind of have all these preconceived ideas. I don't like the God that you think he is either. I don't like that kind of God. I don't want to go to a church like that either. The one that you've got in your mind. God that I know is an amazing God. And the church I go to is not too bad. It's not a bad church. Can I hear an amen? Just a little amen. It's a story of a shepherd who was, uh, the jokes are good though, come on, come on, come on. It's a story of, they're getting worse, I know. Uh, it's a story of a shepherd who has a hundred sheep, one wanders away, the shepherd leaves the 99, seeks after the one lost sheep. We sang about it this morning. It's the heart of God for you and me. Because so often we've drifted away. So often we have drifted and we do drift away and God in his love and mercy, he leaves the 99 and he comes in search of you and me. That's why we're here, because God left those 99, he came in search of us. And then there's a story of the lost coin. A woman has 10 coins, she loses one. The sheep wandered off, but the coin was lost through no fault of its own. 
Many times we lose our way because of the decisions or mistakes of other people. It's not, it's not because of what we have done. It's because of what others have done. But notice again, the woman does everything she can to look for that coin. She gets a broom and she's sweeping like crazy. I've got to find this coin. It's got to be here somewhere. That coin is you and me. And she doesn't stop until she finds it. The point is that no matter how we're lost, God is seeking after you and me. And then, of course, there's the son who decides to rebel against his dad and, and, and he leaves. And it's in, in this situation, the father doesn't seek the lost son, but every day he's thinking about him. Can you just imagine, can you imagine the father for a moment whose son decides that I'm out of here, dad, give me my inheritance and I'm out of here. I can imagine that dad every day, he sees the empty chair at the, at the table and, it, and his heart skips a beat. He's thinking, when is he going to come back? He just can't get over the disappointment. His family is saying, come on, eat something. He's going, no, I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry because there's, a, there's an empty chair at the table here. And every day he looks and says, today could be the day. Today could be the day when he comes home, he goes out and he, and he looks at a distance. And then one day, the day arrives when he sees him there in the distance. He sees him. He, can, he knows it's him. And he, and he runs, 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 runs to him. And he hugs him. And he throws the party. And he says, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. For he was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. It's a picture of God pursuing you and me. No matter where we are in life. You know, no matter what we've done in life, some, some, sometimes we drift away out of our own silliness and stupidity. Sometimes we drift away and sometimes we're lost because of all crazy things that have happened in our life. And sometimes we make the dumb decision to leave. But God doesn't stop thinking about us. He doesn't stop pursuing us. He's always thinking, I've got to find a way here. I've got to find a way here. I've got to find a way to bring them back. Second picture is the story of the pearl of great price. Many of us know the story. Jesus said again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and brought it. Jesus here was selling stories and that would help people again get a picture of God. Hey, this is what the kingdom of God is like. And he says there was a merchant who was looking for valuable pearls. And when he found one, he sold everything he had to buy it. Pearl merchant is a picture of God. And notice he's searching, he's seeking, he's looking for fine pearls. I'm not sure if he was male or female, but we just says, the, you know, the merchant. They just say, he's looking for those fine pearls, you know. And, and searching, looking, I've got to find one. I'm, 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 going, I'm going to find one. And when, and when he does, sells everything he has to buy it. In the story, where the fine pearls and I want you to know today that you may not think you're valuable. You may not think that you've got any value at all. But I want you to know that there's a God in heaven who thinks the world of you. He thinks you're amazing. Loves you, cares about you. So much so that when he found you, he gave everything that he had. He goes, man, I, 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 found, I found someone. When he found you, he said, I, I, I found them. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give everything I have for you. God gave his best so that he could have a relationship with you. For God so, say it with me, come on, loved the world. That he gave the best that he had, his one and only son. So that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God loves you.
And he desires to have a relationship with you because he thinks you are amazing. Can I hear an amen? amen. Third picture, which is my favorite, is, is that of God, of the, God the pursuing bridegroom. God the pursuing bridegroom. Throughout Scripture, God reveals himself as the loving, wooing bridegroom, jealous bridegroom in a good way, and compares us to a cherished bride. Isaiah says this, as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. Isaiah 54, the Lord will call you back as if you were a wife deserted and distressed in spirit, a wife who married young only to be rejected, says your God. I belong to my beloved and his desire is for me, says the songs of Solomon. And then there's this great scripture in Hosea, God speaking of Israel. And Hosea says, therefore, I am now going to woo her or lure her. I will, I will lead her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. The book of Hosea is an amazing book. It's an interesting little book. You should read it. It's, it's an interesting story where, where uh, Hosea is told by God uh, to go and marry a promiscuous woman. And, uh, and he says to her, go and marry her. And so he, he, he marries her and they have children together. And, and then she goes back to her old lifestyle. And then God speaks to her, her name is Goma. And God says to Hosea, he says, I want you to go back and I want you to chase her and I want you to marry her again. And, you know, it's, 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 a, it's an interesting story, but God was saying to, and God was speaking, you can read about it in the Bible. This is all in the Bible, by the way. And some of you thought the Bible was just, you know, boring. You know, this is a very interesting story. This is the days of our lives right here. Hosea, you can get it right there. Uh, the young and the restless eat your heart out. Yeah, this is, this is right here. And, and, and so, you know, and God is saying to Hosea, it's a picture of my relationship for the nation of Israel. And God says, I loved Israel and I, and I took them as a husband takes a bride. I took them to myself. So I wanted to care for her and, and do everything I possibly could for her. And then somewhere in the relationship, she decides to leave him and go and serve other gods as the people of Israel did. And they began to worship the Baals and they began to worship other gods. They began to sacrifice their children to these other gods. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was God, I would have said, I'm going to deal with this. And in fact, God does deal with that. I'm reading through Jeremiah. We might talk about that next week. But in the midst of this, Isaiah said, he says to Isaiah, listen, I want you to go back and chase her. Because that's the kind of God that he is. Because that's the kind of God that he is, that even in her sin, God says, I, I want you to go back and chase her and bring her back to yourself. Let me read your scripture here. It says, it says, here it is here, therefore I'm now going to allure her or woo her. I will lead her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. The Lord said to me, this is Isaiah chapter 3 verse 1. The Lord said to me, go show your love to your wife again. Though she is loved by another man and is in an adulteress, love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. They were not good cakes. And, 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 and God says, though, though they've loved other gods, I want you to go back and I want you to love her. When God needed a picture to describe the relationship with Christ and the church, the picture he used is a relationship between a husband and a wife. Paul says to the Ephesians, for this reason, a man shall leave his mother and father and, and, and be united to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. No couple ever begins their relationship as married. You don't say, hey, should we get married? Yeah, let's get married tomorrow. Every relationship begins 
with a man pursuing a woman, or these days, the modern era, I get it, I get it, sometimes it's the woman pursuing the man, I do understand that. It's amazing how creative a man can be when he pursues a potential bride. He'll do anything. He'll spend whatever money he has to, buy pearls if he has to. He'll make friends with whoever he needs to just to get closer to her. He'll write poetry, buy flowers. (laughs) He'll climb the highest mountain, swim the deepest ocean. People have written songs about this. He'll do whatever it takes to win the heart of his bride. And I want you to know that of all the pictures the Bible uses to describe God's love for you and me, uh, uh, God not only seeks after us, He pursues us like a bridegroom pursues a potential bride that has captivated His heart. That when the Bible says, for God so loved the world, the best description of what the word love means there is God pursuing us, seeking us, wooing us, doing everything He can to be in relationship with us. He will climb every mountain. He will swim the deepest ocean. He will do whatever he can to convince you that he loves you, to convince you and me that he loves us. Can I hear an amen? This is in the Bible, by the way. This is not heresy. Some of you are looking at me like, are you serious? (laughs) It's a song that we sang this morning. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99, and I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Oh, the overwhelming, incredible love that God has for you and me. When we, when, when we read in the Scriptures, for God so loved the world, what kind of love was that? That was an amazing kind of love. It's God chasing us because He wants to have a relationship with you and me. And even when we turn Him away and even when we say, I'm not interested, He doesn't stop. He continues to chase us. He continues to, to, to come after us because He loves us so much. God is seeking after us and the thing he wants more than anything else is to be in a relationship with you and me. Knowing that God is in pursuit of us, then how should we respond? If I want to get closer to God, then what do I need to do? Three things. First thing that we need to understand is that God loves us. Fall in love with God by realizing how much he loves you. We love him because he first loved us. It's He loved us. He's always taken the initiative to seek after us, to come after us. And you need to know that, that God loves you. And God's motivation for sending His Son to die on a cross was love. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. His motivation was love. So that we could know Him. Second thing that we need to do is seek after God. We need to respond in some way. Guy can be chasing a girl and make his intentions known, but in order for that relationship to go to another level, she needs to respond. God always takes the initiative in seeking after you and me. He's always doing that. Some of you, will, you know, you'll, you'll go and work in some place and, 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 you know, inevitably there's a Christian working there. 
I'm just shocked. I've, I've worked in all these different places. And there was one particular place. I was, I was doing a placement there. And I was only there for a little bit of time. And, you know, it was an office full of uh, psychologists and professionals and so on. And right in the middle of that is this full-blown Baptist, you know. And he's in there. And, and you know, in his own way, he was, he was just being Jesus in that office. And as I looked at that, I kind of took a step back. I said, God, you're amazing. Just you're amazing how you work. And God always takes the initiative in seeking after us. But at some point, we need to respond. He's not going to force us. He's not going to impose on us. At some point, we need to respond. The Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. If you seek me, you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. And then the third thing you need to know, what you need to do is make a commitment to serve God. God loves you and he comes after you. You need to respond in some way. Then you need to commit to the relationship. At some point, you need to say yes to Jesus. In a typical relationship, guy makes his intentions known. He then waits for a response. She shows interest and a relationship begins. But that relationship is not final. It's still on shaking ground until there's a commitment. Show me the ring. (laughs) Where's the ring? (laughs) Haven't seen a ring yet. (laughs) Don't talk about love. Let's go shopping. <laughs> Some point, all of us need to make a decision to allow Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of our life. There's a point where we say, you know, I understand that you love me, God, but there's a point where we make a decision to allow Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior. What is baptism? What is baptism? Baptism is a public declaration of an inward decision to follow Jesus Christ. What's a wedding? A wedding is really just a, it's an outward decision of, a, of a, an inward decision that was made some time ago to be committed to this other person. That's what baptism is. Baptism is an external decision that says, I'm making a commitment to follow Jesus Christ all the days of my life. And if you've never made that decision, come on, why don't we do it this week? special anointing in the river this week in Jesus name Paul said if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved how how does a person get saved it's really quite simple it's almost too simple as I said on Friday night it's just It's just praying a simple prayer that says something like, Jesus, be the Lord and Savior of my life. It's a recognition that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And it's saying, Jesus, be the Savior of my life. Be the Lord of my life. I give my life to you. And when you pray a simple prayer like that, you can experience salvation. Something can happen in your life. Many of you know the musical Fiddler on the Roof, well, especially the more mature generation here. Any of you remember the, 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 the musical Fiddler on the Roof? Come on, come on, just give it to me, come on. Yes, I can see, yeah. All the 20-year-olds put their hand up. <laughs> for those that don't know, for the, more, for the younger generation, it's a story of a Jewish family living in Russia in the early 1900s. The couple have five daughters, and traditionally the parents choose the spouses for the daughters. They use a matchmaker to do the deal, you know. 
How many people? Come on, you know the musical Matchmaker, Matchmaker? You want me to sing it? Matchmaker, Matchmaker. Yeah. But the daughters want to choose their own spouse. They don't want the parents to do the... I don't want to do this. They want to, they want to choose their own spouses. And so the whole musical is this tension between love and tradition. It's tension between it. At one stage, the father wants to know whether his wife loves him because they were an arranged marriage as well. So he wants to know, does she love me? So he plucks up the courage one day and asks her, do you love me? She breaks out in song, of course. I've washed your clothes in 25 years, milked the cows, I've made your bed. And she basically responds by telling him all the things she's done for him. And he responds back, he says, yes, but do you love me? She goes off and gives another list of iron your clothes, wash the floors, cook the bills. And all he wants to know is, do you love me? Do you love me? God is asking you and me the question, do you love me? We can answer, well, what do you mean do I love you? I came to church at Easter. I helped the poor, given money, I've read my Bible, gone to church. And God's response is, yes, but do you love me? Do you love me? And by the way, she ends up saying, I guess I do, <laughs> she says. Story in Revelation of the church in Ephesus. They're an amazing church, busy doing good things, mature. God says to them, I've got this one little thing against you. You've lost your first love. He uses a relationship term to describe their relationship with God. You're busy doing good things, but you've lost your first love. Nothing worse than to be in a relationship where all the boxes are ticked, but there is no love. Jesus never came to start a religion. He wants to have a relationship with you and me. He just wants to have a relationship with you and me. Maybe there's someone here today that's never given their life to Jesus Christ. I want you to know that God is seeking after you. Like the shepherd looking for the lost sheep, like the merchant looking for an expensive pearl, like the bridegroom is trying to woo a potential bride. I want you to know that no matter how you feel about God, He loves you. And He's coming after you. Because He wants to bless you. He wants to guide you. He wants to have a relationship with you. Not just any kind of relationship. A relationship that is real and deep that has a spark. For God so, come on, say it with me, loved. What kind of love was that? It's this pursuing. It's, this God is saying, I, I, I want to be in a relationship with you. And we say, oh, I'm not interested. And I'm not interested. And you think that stops God? Oh no, that doesn't stop God at all. He'll come in another way. And He'll keep coming and keep coming because His mission on earth was to seek and to save those who are lost. I pray this Easter that we would get a revelation of the amazing, incredible love that God has for us. More than understand that, that we would respond in some way you know, you can live your life your way. You can do whatever it is that you want. It's, you know, God does not impose His love on anyone. But I do want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. I do want you to know that God created you for such a time as this. And you can live an ordinary life, just the way you're going and so on. 
and take the risk about spending an eternity away from God. Or you can give your life to Jesus Christ and experience life, a life in abundance, which Jesus came to give. I pray that would be our decision today. I want every eye closed, every head bowed. Before we break bread together today, I'm going to give you a chance to make a response here today because there might be someone here that's never, ever given your life to Jesus Christ. I'm not going to embarrass anyone or shame anyone. So please, this is between you and God. And there might be someone here, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ and you want to make a decision today. I'm just going to guide you in a simple prayer. Just going to guide you in a simple prayer. So while every eye is closed, every head is bowed. If you've never, ever given your life to Jesus Christ and you're saying, you want to respond, saying, yes, Lord. I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I just want you to put your hand up. I'm going to pray with you. I'm just going to pray with you. Just all you need to do is just put your hand up and say, yes. I just want to pray with you. I'm going to give you a moment. Yep, thank you. It's a decision between you and God. So just, just, church, I want you to pray. Come on, church, pray. If you've never, ever given your love to Jesus Christ and you'd like to say yes, maybe you, maybe you were one of those lost sheep that kind of drifted away and today you want to kind of drift back. All you need to do is just put your hand up, say, Pastor Joe, pray with me. Yep, right at the back. Thank you. Somebody else. Yes, thank you. At the front. Is there somebody else? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Is there somebody else? Yep, thank you. Just going to give you a moment. This is really important. Some of you say, Pastor Joe, how do I know if I should put my hand up? Right now, you're just going crazy inside of yourself. That's the Holy Spirit. It's drawing you to Himself. What I'm asking you to do is just put your hand up and put it right back down. That's it. Just one more moment. Just one more moment. Thank you. Thank you. Just pray this prayer. Everybody pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I give my life to you. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. I want to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I just thank you for those that have raised their hand today. I just pray that by the Holy Spirit, you would minister to them. That prayer, Father, would be the the first step in a series of steps that would enable them to come to know you as the Lord and Savior. I thank you that you are the forgiver of our sins. I thank you that you're the God who saves still today. Be glorified, I pray. In our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to break bread this morning uh, together. What I'd like you to do is just stay seated and uh, the team is going to, are going to distribute the emblems. I just want you to hold them in your hands. It's, a, it's two cups. You'll get one with the bread and one with the, with, the, with the juice. So just hold them in your hands and then we're going to break bread together. Thank you.